This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thank you so much for tuning into a special playoff edition of another Dolphins podcast. It is Wednesday afternoon as of this recording. That means there is a trio today. Joshua Houts, Jake Mendel, and Merrick Brave. Merrick, I wanted to ask you this off there. I think it's the best way to start the podcast. Following Sunday's results, would you consider yourself mad or sad? That's a really great, great question, Jake. Uh, you know, first of all, I'm just happy to be back here with you guys after Love missing it. a week. I took a, a boat all the way back from Mexico just to be here with you guys. Um, but as far as the Miami Dolphins game went on Sunday, I guess initially I was mad no no no. initially i was sad during the game as i'm watching the injuries somehow still pile up like like the amount of bad luck that the team has encountered not just this season but last season as well with the with the tua injury you know the concussion late you know causing him to miss the playoff game which was the second dolphins playoff game in a row that had to be started by a backup quarterback uh, Matt Moore started over Ryan Tannehill prior to that. Wasn't it the – no, sorry. sorry was no. It... Who, who started in 2000 – wasn't Pat White involved in 2008? Wasn't it the playoff game when he got hurt? I think Chad Pennington got hurt in the playoff game. Was that – well, somebody's going to look. This doesn't help us. This is a sad – I just remember they played in 2008 and they lost to the Ravens. I remember that yeah. uh, very yeah. clearly. Uh, I was listening to it on a radio and it was all messed up and then – like Jake was saying, Matt Moore was that Pittsburgh Steelers game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I beefed it. Sorry, sorry, I'm completely wrong. Two and, minutes in, already run the pod. Go on. And then last year was Skylar Thompson. So uh, it feels like whenever the Dolphins are good, then they have bad luck. And whenever the Dolphins are bad, they also have bad luck. So it just feels like this franchise is cursed. It's, it's nothing but bad luck around here. So during the game, I was sad. At the conclusion of the game, I was mad. 
And then as the days went on, I just got sad again. I reverted back to the sadness. Here I am midweek feeling a little bit better. You know, I'll tell you the truth. That Hard Knocks episode actually got me feeling a little bit better about this team going into this weekend's playoff game, which people still remember there's a playoff game, right? Like, like everyone's talking about how awful this is and the season's over. And well, actually it's not. I mean, the Dolphins didn't win the AFC East. That is tragic, but there is a playoff game on Saturday night. It's going to be played in Siberia, I believe. Uh, actually, just a little bit south of me, which might as well be Siberia right now. I spent the last two days doing nothing but snow blowing and shoveling. It's been just like a, a foot and a half of snow and ice and all that stuff. And I'm just north of Kansas City. So I know how that uh, how that feels down there. Um, it's going to be, I think the latest I saw, it was like negative five degrees at kickoff with negative 25 degrees in the real field department once you uh, factor in the wind chill. That's absurd. That's crazy. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rebounding. It usually takes me two to three days to get over a loss. I'm rebounding. I'm looking forward to the playoff game. And, you know, we have to – Josh has been kind of the voice of positivity on, on Twitter these past couple days. We, we have to enjoy these experiences as Dolphins fans because, as we know, they are few and far between. We've made the playoffs two consecutive years, so that's really cool. But prior to that, it's, it had been, you know, 2016, and then prior to that it was 20 – or excuse me, 2008, and then prior to that, who knows? It's just it, – it, it's tough. It's tough being a Dolphins fan. So we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to hope for the best, cross our fingers and toes, and uh, maybe this weather actually plays to the Dolphins' advantage. I don't know. You know, they're they're pretty solid at running the football. So maybe it'll force Mike McDaniel to stick with running the football for an entire game, not just a first half, and maybe the Dolphins can pull off the upset. I, I, I'm gonna stay positive on this episode and. Uh, Stay positive throughout the rest of the week as well. I'll try to. Anyways. Yeah, you said I'm being the voice of positivity on Twitter. I don't know how much or X. I don't know how much of that I actually believe. I feel like late at <laughs> night, I'm, you know, late at night, I'm just honks. I'm like Plant Nebula, and I'm just tweeting out all these positive things. I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, who's to say that the Dolphins can't be that team that, you know, that surprises the Chiefs, the former Super Bowl champs, you know, that moves on, plays the Ravens or whoever it is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Finally, after after four seasons as a as a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, it's his it's his first opportunity to play in the postseason for the Miami Dolphins, and I'm excited to see how he does handing off the football to Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan. Uh, before we get into all the injuries, actually, no, let's just do it. Let's run through them. Um, Jerome Baker broke his wrist during the Buffalo Bills game. That's something we didn't talk about on the recap pod. He had surgery, I think, on Monday. Injured reserve. His season was over. Uh, you mentioned getting sad during the game, Merrick. I guarantee the first moment you were sad is when you saw Andrew Van Ginkle get hurt because that was yes, the first sir. moment I was sad. His foot injury placed him on injured reserve as well, I believe. He is done for the season. So the Dolphins decided to 
what movie do you guys would you compare this to where it's all the old guys coming back in town and trying to be hip i kind of see maybe a tim allen playing this role i mean we could say adam sandler <laughs> and grown-ups because what the dolphins are doing here you got justin houston coming in you have bruce Irvin coming in you have malik reed coming in who actually spent the majority of the preseason with the miami dolphins so Following a brutal, brutal stretch of injuries that dates back to the Black Friday game, the Dolphins are entering the playoffs. A new year knew them with an entirely different edge-rushing group. Yeah, I actually read on on Twitter before we started recording here that the Dolphins now have the oldest uh, outside linebacker group uh, of the teams still playing in the NFL playoffs. They have the oldest group after signing Bruce Irvin and Justin Houston and Malik Reed and... Melvin Ingram was just signed a couple weeks ago. Their their average age of uh, over 27. They're the oldest team in the playoffs, which is actually kind of surprising when you think about where they were just a couple years ago. Yeah, and I mean, clearly that has everything to do with all of the veterans that you just named off that they had to sign to replace guys like Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and Andrew Van Ginkle and Cameron Good, who was replacing the guys that, and he's now being replaced. It's just, it, it never ends. It's... It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. The amount of bad luck that this team has faced this year. And, and people will sit there and tell you, oh, next man up. And, and uh, you know, uh, every team has injuries at this point in the year. You guys saw the little chart going around Twitter. The wins above replacement lost, excluding quarterbacks by every team this year. There was a lot of caveats in there. But the Dolphins, by far, by far, are the most injured team in the NFL this season, excluding quarterbacks. I believe they were the, the uh, 29th ranked uh, offense in regards to injuries and dead last, 32nd in defense in regards to injuries, meaning they were like the fourth most injured offense and the most injured defense. And, and that's just why, why? The, the, the year the Dolphins have the best roster that they've had in all of our lives and the year when we're talking breaking records and and winning MVPs and going to the Super Bowl, not just winning the division, but, you know, we thought we had that locked up. We thought we were going to the Super Bowl and you know what? That's still an option. That can still happen. We're not saying it's not going to happen. You you know, you only have to go on the road to Kansas city and then likely Baltimore and then, you know, likely Buffalo. That's it. That's all you got to do. But if you do that, you can get to a super bowl is still within the realm of possibility, but it's surely going to be tough. And, and I place most of the blame on those injuries. I'm going to be that guy that says, no, it's not always next man up because if it was always next man up, then there wouldn't be starters and there wouldn't be first round draft picks and there wouldn't be pro bowl votes and all pro votes. At some point you lose enough of those pro bowl caliber players, those all pro caliber players, and you just don't have the warm bodies to replace them uh, effectively. And, And that's where we're at as fans of the Miami Dolphins. That's where this team is at, but they have to put their uniforms on on Saturday night, just like the Chiefs do, and they'll have an opportunity to go out there and maybe get a couple lucky bounces. And I believe in our coaching staff. Um, you know, I'm just, again, wearing that positivity hat right now, trying to find an avenue for victory for the Miami Dolphins. And uh, I'm struggling with it, but uh, I'm going to keep it rolling because that's all we can do because th- these playoff appearances don't happen every season 
and we know that all too well as Dolphins fans. I mean, I think right there, that was just the perfect Dolphins fan, right? I mean, you pretty much are just talking to the voices in your head, trying to convince yourself that Dolphins stand a snowball's yeah. chance in hell. And I think that's, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's what we're all doing at this point. But um, you mentioned the next man up mentality. Half the time, I think people just tweet that positive stuff out there to, you know, uh, get the fan base to retweet it, like, engage, and all that crap. Because let's be honest, we're all Dolphin fans. We know how this story is probably going to end. We're just all praying that it doesn't. Um, we mentioned the Dolphins, but Jerome Baker, Cameron going to Andrew Van Kinkle and IR. They signed Justin Houston, Bruce Irvin, and Malik Reed, who earlier in the year, Malik Reed was on the Miami Dolphins uh, roster. So he does have some familiarity there. But um, it's funny because a lot of people were joking. Cameron Wake was at the game. You know, let's sign him. They're not too far off, right? You're signing 34-year-old <laughs> Justin Houston, played eight seasons with the Chiefs, two with the Indy, two with Baltimore, 170 career games with 151 starts. 510 tackles and 112 sacks. And then you got Bruce Irvin. I mean, a guy who we all remember from his days with the Seattle Seahawks and that Legion of Boom type defense, um, you know, played a bunch of seasons with Seattle, Oakland, Atlanta, Chicago, and a little bit with Detroit. This was the thing that really stood out, though. I think he only had a sack and two tackles for loss with Detroit this season in seven games. But he must have left a lasting impression in that locker room because uh, here's a quote from Pride of Detroit from Dan Campbell. He's been a blessing to have around here. I mean, he just brings a whole different perspective. He's as professional as you get, just the way he goes about his business, everything about him. And we talked last week, talked again yesterday, had a long talk, and just at the moment just couldn't totally commit. And then he got ended up getting released. Dolphins pick him up, and you all saw him today, you know, talking about how he has a dog in him. I don't care who it is, right? We don't care who is rushing the quarterback. These guys have been around the league for forever. They have all the accolades in the world. They just need to go out there and attack the quarterback. So I'm intrigued to see what happens with a Bruce Irvin, with a Justin Houston, all these big guys that are, you know, were with teams early in the season, didn't quite stick around, and now get an opportunity to, you know, I mean, we can say it, right? Maybe chase a ring with the Miami Dolphins. I mean, um, what great of a feel-good story would that be? But it just sucks that when you had a Bradley Chubb, a Jalen Phillips, an Andrew Van Ginkle, a Jerome Baker, the list goes on and on that we're sitting here playing our playoff game against Kansas State Chiefs um, with this roster because at the beginning of the year, our roster looks so damn good on paper. And if they were healthy, um, let's be honest, we'd be feeling a lot more confident heading into the playoffs than we do right now. The news of hearing about Jerome Baker's season ending was so depressing because I think McDaniel was asking a press conference. He was like, hey, with the injury to Andrew Van Ginkle, do you think you'll use Jerome Baker more as an edge rusher? And McDaniel just had to say, well, no, because he is also injured. And it just speaks to what Merrick's been saying since the start here about how crazy his injuries are. Vic Vangio also met with the media on Wednesday, and I thought he had a really interesting line. What are your guys' thoughts about this? He said he doesn't want to move Christian Wilkins to edge rusher. Um, Tinfoil hat, so he doesn't get more sacks and his price tag goes up. But in reality, (laughs) what it probably is, is that, I don't know, maybe Bruce Irvin, maybe Justin Houston, these guys can do their own version of getting credit for the project with doing maybe not all the work when you have two monsters in the middle with Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins. I understand these are guys who haven't been getting consistent reps, but you want to talk about a situation where you can go in and thrive? Sign me up, play next to those two dudes for what, 98% of the snaps. They're going to give you some opportunities. Yeah, that's a great point. And they were asking Vic Fangio today about, you know, the pains of having to start essentially an entirely new outside linebacker group. And he, uh, my favorite quote uh, from him today was, don't talk about the pain, just show me the baby. (laughs) <laughs> I, I love that. Awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought that was great. What an old man quote, right? <laughs> like, the, I don't, don't talk about the process. Just show me the results. Nobody cares about how it went down. We just want to see the baby. You know what I mean? So, and that's kind of how 
Dolphins Twitter works is, you know, let's point. not let's not look at all of these reasons for why the Dolphins faltered late in the season. Like, And there are legitimate reasons, injuries being the main culprit and maybe the only culprit. Um, but instead, instead of looking at like the most obvious answer, we're going to sit here and go, let's get rid of Mike McDaniel. Oh yeah, the coach who went to the playoffs his first two seasons as Miami Dolphins head coach and completely revolutionized this offense into one of the greatest offenses of all time. Um, and then we'll also get rid of the quarterback who led the league in passing yards this year and was like number four in passer rating and was tied with Josh Allen for number four in most touchdown passes uh, this season. Um, and, you know, he did that like two years in a row. Like, like he, he under Mike McDaniel has been fantastic. But let's get rid of both of those guys because we faltered late in the season. What? What? No. Don't, we got to talk about the labor. We have to talk about the pain because there's been a lot of pain. You can't just show me the results. There's, there's a reason why the results are what they are. And it's not because Mike McDaniel is a bad coach or Tua Tungvaluwa is a bad quarterback. It's because every single week they lose a starter to injury every single week. And now we're sitting here and these guys aren't even on injured reserve, but you're still not going to have Xavier Howard this week. He's not playing. And today you got Javon Holland talking about how his knees are still trash and there's a chance that he's not going to play on Saturday night against the chiefs. Deshaun Elliott dealing with that calf injury that he uh, exacerbated during warmups against the bills on Sunday night. He might not play this weekend. And these guys aren't even on injured reserve with Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle and the likes. Come on, man. It's not fair. And let's not mention all the guys we brought back from injured reserve, right? So, I mean, people call it excuses, but if you post an injured reserve list or, you know, a list of guys that are out and you take it that way as it being an excuse, I mean, that right there, it proves that, you know, you can't overcome all those things. Um, I guess the biggest thing I would ask you, Merrick, is, you know, I'm completely against the fire Mike McDaniel crowd, the fire two ton little crowd, but we can all admit that in these games, I mean, if you have an elite quarterback that you're paying with X amount of zeros at the end of it, you know, I'm, I'm, the biggest twist stand. A lot of people consider me a twist stand, but you want him to rise up despite all those, you know, injuries. I mean, we sit there and we look at that Kansas City Chiefs game as a rookie, right? He had Lim Bowden, Isaiah Ford, a bunch of these guys, and he competed with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, elite quarterbacks rise up, and I don't necessarily thought I saw it last week against the Bills with the AFC East on the line. You know, it was not to a ton of those fault. There were plenty of other things there, but when you're going against Kansas City Chiefs now, you know, the weather's now coming in to kind of, I don't want to say even things out, but it does definitely change the way this game could go. I want to see Tua Tagovailoa, despite all the naysayers, despite all these injuries, we continue to pile up. I want to see him go out there and, you know, beat Patrick Mahomes, beat the defending Super Bowl champs, take that WWE title that they've been holding around all season, mm-hmm. and, you know, move on then to Baltimore, where we already came back from a fourth quarter, you know, a miracle, and beat them. We look like we could have maybe competed against them the last time we played. I mean, this season's not over. I'm trying to be the cheerleader right now because I know that we're, what, one, two weeks away from our season being gone. But um, if Tua Tomalo is that guy, the guy that deserves all that money, I want to see him step up in these big moments. And um, I got to be honest, biggest Tua stand in the world, but I didn't see it last week. No, no. And, you know, there were, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Tua didn't play his best game. And I'm sure he would talk about how, you know, he wanted uh, very specifically that last interception back. Um, 
you know, Tyreek's not on the field. Chase Claypool runs kind of a lazy route. Like there's, there's reasons why it happened, but at the end of the day, he shouldn't have thrown the ball. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about this and get your feelings on this. And I don't know if this is a tinfoil hat thing, but I wanted to talk about why it feels like, you know, to uh, when, when defenses adjust and, and they move the safeties around and, and, and whatnot. And when, it, when they disguise coverages and make him read the field post snap, you know, oftentimes he, he's kind of locked in. He wants to go to his first read why that happens. And my theory is that he is still suffering the effects of the concussions, but not in that way, not because his brain is rattled or anything like that, or he he's dealing with those things. But I think his confidence in being able to absorb hits, take sacks and be tackled. I think his confidence has waned a little bit and, and, that could be a product of Mike McDaniel and the rest of the coaching staff harping on the fact that he needs to get rid of the ball at an insanely quick rate compared to other quarterbacks around the league. And to do that, you kind of have to go to your first read. You can't stand back there and go through each read, one, two, three, four, to find the open man. Otherwise, you're not going to get the ball out as quickly as Mike McDaniel and the rest of the coaching staff wants you to and when your entire coaching staff harps on that an entire offseason and says if you get the ball out quickly you won't get touched and you won't get hurt you won't have any more concussions you won't have to answer those questions and when they harp on that so much when the play isn't perfect and the first read isn't open and Tua has to stand back there behind an offensive line uh, which according to the metrics is much better this year, but in reality, more likely because Tua gets rid of the ball so quickly. But when you have to stand behind this offensive line, go through your progressions, you have that internal clock in your head that's ticking. And once you reach that two-second mark, Tua gets happy feet. His accuracy suffers because of that. His decision-making suffers because of that. And that's when you see the boneheaded plays and the boneheaded turnovers. And I think that can be a direct result of such a hyper focus on getting the ball out quickly. What do you guys think about that? It's just something I've been thinking about the last couple of days. You want to start, Josh? All right, I'll start. I'll start. So there's there's something here. There's a thousand percent something here, but I don't know what it is because it could a thousand percent be that Mike McDaniel has been in his ear. Um, on the last pod, I was wondering if it's maybe just the scheme. Like what we see here is what if they're like, Tua's getting rid of the ball in two seconds. You know, you don't have a lot of time to make a decision in two seconds, let alone one that can impact millions upon millions of dollars. How confident are we that this offense is built to kind of have a play after the play? Like what we saw Josh Allen do on Sunday, he didn't win by Joe Brady out scheming Vic Fangio. Josh Allen just kind of went into the backyard and said, ooh, come tackle me. And that was kind of the ball game. I'm curious if it was scheme related, if Tua's been hit, a couple too many times and he knows I got to get rid of it here. Um, I bulked up. I don't have the same mobility. So I just got to make a throw instead of maybe scrambling and playing around a little bit. I don't know. I, I think that the plays are always ending very quickly. And while we think it's so dynamic and so interesting and so cool, they don't have to always be ending so quickly. And I don't know what the reason is. I I think it, it could be the concussions. It could, or the, just that feeling of, I got to get rid of the ball. I don't need to be back in that same situation. I've been told this so many times. It could just be the scheme. 
it could be that McDaniel doesn't necessarily believe the offense has the right pieces to play that backyard football, like have a play after the play, especially in scenarios uh, like last week where you're relying on so many backup wide receivers. Then you can kind of go back and wonder, is the scheme too complex just to kind of survive a football game and you can get into these disaster scenarios? I don't know, man. There's a lot to take away from there. And we're talking about all this with like the offense that just led the league in points per game. So I'm not trying like, like this is a great conversation. I love it. I think it's super interesting. I just want to remind everyone. I agree with you, right? We're not getting rid of anyone here, but but there's obviously something wrong when you're scoring uh, what 15 points a game against teams with winning records. I I do wonder too, if it's this offense is entirely built around getting to a landmark. I kind of think of it, what, so is it capture the hill? Whoever gets to the landmark first, that's just the end of the play type of thing. I'm just curious to see, and as people who aren't on the field every day, aren't watching practice and seeing how these guys grow through the plays uh, from start to finish, you don't know if they kind of have that um, freestyling phase at the end of it, if things don't go, because I I get you do want to take advantage of the quick decisions of the defense has to make when you have Jalen Waddle, Raheem Moster, and Tyree Kill out there. But you wonder if simplifying things when you don't have as much speed would maybe make it easier for Chase Claypool to kind of run a lazy route and still catch a ball or something. I don't know. When you're like on your seventh, eighth receiver and needing them to play so, so perfect, I mean, you're just making the uh, room for error so, so small. And I mean, Josh Allen had a massive room for error last week and was able to get things done. So that is, that's an interesting point. And um, I wish I had answers other than more questions. Yeah. And unfortunately we're not, we're not in those rooms. We don't know. We don't know exactly what's being said and we're not NFL coaches. So we're not the ones that have to figure it out. Um, just something that I started thinking about over these last couple of days. And, and as much as we love Mike McDaniel and as much as we love Tua Tonga Vailoa, maybe they can put emphasis on some other things this offseason, and it can be the next evolution of the offense. Exactly. These guys aren't finished products. Mike McDaniel has been a head coach for two seasons. Tua Tungabailoa has been an NFL quarterback for four seasons, but only two seasons in this offense. They're going to continue to grow. They're going to continue to evolve. They're going to continue to learn from their mistakes and become better for those mistakes. Let's just hope it happens sooner than later and, and maybe maybe starting this Saturday. Fingers crossed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to be honest. I love that we're nitpicking this because like Jake said, I mean, we see the thing going around, you know, Tutu Veloa, um, first quarterback to lead the NFL in passing since what, 1992 when we were still in diapers. Like, first, yeah, first uh, offense quarterback. I, for I, sure. I, I, I don't want to – I was not in diapers at the age of five. Just let me clarify that. So I was not in diapers <laughs> at the time. We see Tyreek Hill leading the league and receiving. I mean, and when you have all that, I think it is a little disappointing, right, that we're not – you know, the number two seed, we don't have home field advantage, but um, at the end of the day, it's, 
just nice to be in the playoffs, right? And I just hope the Dolphins go out there and find a way, man. I do think you both mentioned, I do think a lot of this thing with the ball coming out so fast is Tua Tagovailoa probably being overly concerned about taking that hit, you know, that we've seen him take before, see, end his season. And it is the coaching staff harping on him, maybe masking um, some of those, uh, you know, inabilities from the offensive line who we see every, what are we at, 12, 13, 14 different offensive lines we had this year? I mean, so that's why we're seeing this ball come out so quickly. But I think the thing I continue to go back to is despite the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, I think a lot of people are downplaying how good they are. I think they're better than, you know, what a lot of people are giving them credit for because, again, it is Patrick Mahomes. But we see it every single year. Every season you see a wild card team just do the unthinkable. And I do think that temperature coming down, you know, allows the Dolphins to play that old tough-nosed football, right, the, the stop the run pound the rock hopefully Raheem Mostert's out there I mean can you guys can someone touch on that I mean what the hell happened to him I mean we're sitting here thinking he's getting ready to suit up I forget what game that was before and then Hard Knocks comes on or he misses the game and then Hard Knocks comes on it's just like the Friday before the game he's out and we haven't seen him since then so um I feel like this is gonna be that run Ricky run I'm gonna make sure I post a picture of Ricky Williams stiff arm the Chiefs player and put you know Devon A chain later today or whatever it is but um I'm excited guys I'm excited that we're this late in the season and it's January 10th, and despite, again, the ever-evolving injuries that we've had to suffer, the Miami Dolphins have still found a way, and um, anything can happen. 27 minutes in, we haven't touched about the league leader in um, rushing touchdowns. That's uh, pretty impressive. Guys, I, I think when you consider what Raheem Mostert means to this team, I think that's probably one of the most underrated stories of the last couple of weeks. I mean, you can talk about how important it is to have your quarterback, but having that other guy in the backfield too, I think is just speaks volumes. And yes, Devon Achan was awesome, but the offense doesn't need Devon Achan. It needs multiple players to do that. And Achan, whether it's having those runs and a few fewer carries so Raheem Mostert can get his, Achan maybe a few more catches, I think those are definitely possibilities. Before Fangio's press conference say, I was kind of toying with the idea of having someone like Christian Wilkins play on defensive end because you look at the Chiefs team, I instantly start thinking about them wanting to run the football too at home, slow the game all the way down. I mean, you're telling me having Christian Wilkins as one of your defensive ends, the Chiefs are going to be able to run the football. I thought that was going to be kind of fun. Uh, but to kind of s switch things up here for a moment and, and stick on that running back group, Merrick, will, would you say that not having Raheem Mostert has kind of limited this group? Have we not talked a lot about that, even though this offense does really lean into that passing attack? Yeah, I think it has. And I think an underrated element to that is, despite the fact that he's been playing, A-Chan isn't 100% healthy either. He's still wearing a walking boot, like, in, in the facility and in team meetings and things like that, because they're trying to manage a turf toe injury that he has. And turf toe is, a, is an extremely painful injury, makes it hard to, to push off and to get in and out of the, the breaks, the cuts that are kind of necessary for a running back to, to do in, in a game in the NFL. So I think missing the league leader in touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, uh, is putting a bigger strain on the other guys. I think Jeff Wilson has been playing really well uh, when he's been asked to do certain things. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. Most are coming back. If he's able to come back, you know, he was talking today with the media and he said, there's still a decision that needs to be made about his playing status on Saturday night. So you hate to hear that just a few days ahead of this big game, this big playoff game, but hopefully he's able to come back and eight Chan is, is as healthy as he can be. And you add Jeff Wilson in there, and that could be a nice three headed attack behind an offensive line who 
they're constructed to be a run blocking team. That's what they excel at. So you go in there in the cold temperatures, you have three guys that can, that can pound the rock. Maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into it and into finding a path for the dolphins to win, but I like our chances there. You know, the chiefs have Pacheco and I like Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's a really good runner. I think he, he, he's, he's, just tough like kind of like a throwback like he's just a really tough dude and he'll stick his his head down and kind of barrel through some guys there and he's just he's got an odd running style it's like very frenetic but but fun to watch but they don't have a whole lot of rushing talent in the running back room behind him they have Clyde Edwards Hilaire who you know let's just say it kind of a first round bust you know, a solid complimentary guy, but nobody to write home about. And then they have Jarek McKinnon, who's been battling injuries, but he's more of a pass catching back. And in negative five degree weather with a negative 25 degree wind chill with up to 25 mile per hour wind gusts and a wide receiver unit that has struggled all season long for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to want to run the ball too. But Dolphins rushing defense is really good. And you know, I know we're missing a lot of the players that contributed to that solid rushing defense, but like you said, there's still Christian Wilkins and there's still Zach Sealer. Um, and, and David Long Jr. should be able to play. He's had himself a nice year in the tackle department. So I'm trying to talk my way into finding a path for the Dolphins to win. And I think that's it. It could be as simple as run the ball very effectively and keep the Chiefs from running the ball very effectively. And it could be a slog and then and like a like a 13 to 10 type of ball game or a, a 12 to nine type of ball game. It could be one of those, which who would have thought that at the beginning of the year, if you'd have said chiefs and dolphins meeting in the playoffs, how many points are going to be scored? I don't know. Six. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think any of us care how it gets done. Right. I mean, we keep telling about how this is the coldest game in dolphins history. How it's one of the coldest uh, games, you know, in NFL history. So, I'm here for that, man. Run the football. I do think, Jake, I mean, you're sitting there saying that. I feel like someone just hit me in the head with a frying pan because why didn't we see that, right? The offensive has struck, the offense has struggled over the last few weeks. Raheem Mostert really hasn't been out there, and he is, you know, leading the league in touchdowns. He is that extra, you know, whether it's him or Devon H. Hand, bringing one of those guys in throughout the game, you know, still healthy, not getting those hits. I mean, it's an entirely different dynamic. So I'm with you guys. Run the football. You mentioned Isaiah Pacheco being a problem. Um, somewhere there's a gif of him running and he looks like an angry lizard and there's like a lizard running around and like <laughs> they have a checker running for like two yards and that's all I picture in my head because he always looks like he's just like battling for two yards. So um, find a way to stop the run, find a way. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, we can get to say it till we're blue in the face. I mean, to me, I think by the time I'm dead, you know, I'm sitting there on that, you know, the operating table and you hear the, the lifelines getting ready to go. I think at that point, Patrick Mahomes will probably be the greatest quarterback or at least the best athlete I've ever witnessed with my eyes. But if you can stop him, they don't have the greatest receivers. Stop the run and commit to the run game and don't turn that ball over. I mean, I like our chances. I just keep picturing an AFL matchup, right? Is that when it was way back in the day with those like Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins and their throwbacks? I mean, I think this is going to kind of take us back, be a throwback game because of that weather and because of just um, where these teams are at at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm excited because it's been so long since we had an opportunity. Well, I guess it's been one year, right? It's been one year, but. <laughs> I'm excited. I just want to see a win so I can cut this hair. I, I think I said it a couple of years ago. Dolphins win a playoff game. I'll cut my hair. So wow, I, I, is I that true? For, well, How short I, I will you cut that. it? 
I was gonna cut it completely off. Like yes, like Bond, like Buzz. As cut? long as my dog, like probably shorter than Jake's, honestly. As long as my kids love me, my kids have been angry about it. But it's been a long time since I completely like nuked the hair. hair. What's that? Can you let them like, cut I mean, your hair? I could. Oh my. But that's my biggest thing. Like, if someone's gonna cut it, it has to look at least okay. So, but that's well, not they, why I want. They could do like I mean, the we initial want... cut, and then you go to okay, a barber yeah. and get it cleaned up. But yeah, let me just clarify. That's not who I want him to win. I care about it. I love my hair. This thing, I, for some reason, it seems like it stopped growing. It might never grow back. So I don't care about the hair. I just want to see the Dolphins in a playoff game because, um, like we continue to say, I mean, if they can beat the Chiefs, right, the defending Super Bowl champs in this weather, who's to say they can't beat the Baltimore Ravens, which we saw them come back and score, what was it, four touchdowns at one time on the road? So um, yeah. let us pray. That's all I can say at this point. Let us pray. Somehow we're still in this despite all the injuries, and that's just a testament to – um, this team, this coaching staff, and um, I'm just praying, man. Josh, you mentioned that this is likely to be the coldest game in Dolphins history. I went to the coldest game in Dolphins history back in 2008. It is the, It holds the current record, at least until Saturday. And it was in Kansas City. And it was, what was a the fun score? game. Dolphins won 38-31 to 31 behind the arm of Chad Pennington. So why aren't you going to this game? You got tickets lined up. You said it's not that far away. It's it's too cold, and I'm too old. In 2008, I was a much younger man, and you do dumb stuff when you're young. Uh, But I I actually, after the game was over, excited, walking out of the stadium, me and my fiancé at the time, who is now my ex-wife. I went through a whole ass marriage between these two games. Uh, anyways. Between uh, playoff we, losses. <laughs> That's <yeah>. so sad. <laughs> we, we, we almost we, won a playoff game <laughs> since the last time I was married. Yeah, I did a whole a whole marriage and didn't get to witness a, a Dolphins playoff victory. But we were walking back to our car, and when we got there, it, it, it had been towed. We were told by a, like a parking person, hey, park in this spot. So we did. And then when we got back, the car had been told. So we'd been told we'd been sitting out in the cold in negative, like with wind chill, I think it was like negative four degrees, something like that for hours. And I'm a crazy person that gets there to watch like the kickers warm up. So I had been out there for like four hours at this point and just like excited for the wind, but also very excited to get back in my vehicle and turn the heaters on. Uh, and then got literally walked like an, a mile to the end of this parking lot to get to the car and it had been towed. So I, I'm I'm asking people there, hey, where do they tow the cars when they tow them? They're, oh, they're, it's in this lot. So I walk like another mile to this lot and I get there and they're like, oh, no, 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 we moved it. We don't tow the cars to this lot anymore. We tow the cars to this lot, which was like two miles away. And at this point, the wind is just smacking me in the face. I literally got wind burn. Look it up. It's a real thing. It is like oh, yeah. a burn. It is like a red Sucks. burn on your skin. For our, our South Florida listeners out there that don't think this is real, Google that because it is real. It hurts. And I'm sitting there walking and I'm thinking about how I should just sit down. I'm cold and I'm tired and I should just give up and, and lay down in this parking lot and just just whatever happens, happens, right? I completely understood how people die in the cold in that moment. Thankfully, a security guard in a golf cart came and, and picked me and the future misses up and, and drove us to the lot, which took a couple more minutes. It was incredibly cold to drive to the lot, actually, because it's in a golf cart and the wind smacking, smacking you in the face even worse. You're sitting there with your head in your in your hands, but uh, that's why I'm not going to the game this Saturday, Josh, because I am scarred for life, and I now hate 
cold and snow and ice and wind with a passion. I won't, I won't be doing that. I'll be watching under my blanket on my recliner. Josh, did, did he just use the entire first scene of Empire Strikes Back and say it was his own experience? <laughs> I think that's exactly I think so. what I just heard. I think that's what just happened, yeah. It, it seemed that way. <laughs> yeah, this guy came on as his animal and he picked us up and brought me back. Pretty much. He felt like, <laughs> he felt like an angel. Both the Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs will enter action this weekend on Peacock. I hope you guys are both paying your $5.99 a month. Uh, to watch this game. people are mad about that i mean it's six bucks to watch the dolphins play in a playoff game come on guys it ain't that f-ing bad but jo- josh you gotta have to believe that josh you know the only reason we both have peacock is because that's how you watch the wwe pay-per-views and we're both wrestling guys dude wwe is so much better than aw right now i'm just one i just want you to know and we better meet up for wrestlemania my wife keeps asking are you gonna meet up with america i'm like if i don't he said he's gonna beat me up but i'm starting to think i might beat your ass if we don't meet up sleeper hold baby so I wanted to ask you guys, who's under the more pressure come Saturday night? Which one of these teams are going to take the field nervous that they might be upset? You have the Dolphins, right? They could have been the two seed. They kind of collectively pooped their pants for about half a month now. And you have Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, MVP candidate. This is a Kansas City Chiefs team. They won the Super Bowl last year. They want to win more Super Bowls. So gentlemen, when they take the field in that negative four degree pressure, uh, temperature, I should say, who's going to have that feeling of we have nothing to lose. Let's go get it. I think it's the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins need to play YOLO ball. And I think they will play YOLO ball because they have every built-in excuse imaginable with the injuries that they have suffered this season and the injuries that are likely going to keep even more players out on Saturday night. So at some point you just go, well, This is the hand we were dealt and it's time to play it and play it to the best of our ability. And whatever happens, happens. It's kind of how we went into last year's playoff game with, with Skylar Thompson starting. And we all collectively just went, Hey, you know, it's, it, it it was the weirdest feeling because it was a playoff game that kind of felt like a preseason game where you were like, if we win cool, not expecting it. But if we lose, that's what we thought was going to happen anyway. So just try and have fun and enjoy it. And then like halfway through the game, they're, they're actually playing really well. And Zach Sealer gets the touchdown and you're just like, uh, guys, I think we might have a shot. So they still found a way to disappoint us by the end of it, but uh, classic dolphins. But I think they, I think that's kind of the feeling this year. You know, you have your quarterback, you have Tyree kill. You should be getting Jalen Waddle back the offensive line, you know, minus, you know, Connor Williams and Isaiah Wynn relatively healthy so your offense could be okay defense is decimated we're not even going to talk about it that's where i think the weather comes into play because i think that's going to slow down any offense and the chiefs offense hasn't been that impressive this year anyway so i think the dolphins just have to look in the mirror and go you know what it's time to nut up or shut up and we're going to go out there and do the best we can and you know see what happens so i think the dolphins will be playing some yolo ball and i hope that it results in you know a victory uh, just a win this the last time they won a playoff game was december 30th of the year 2000 i was a freshman in high school how old were you jake six six years old you were six the last time the dolphins won a playoff game that's disgusting jesus that is disgusting i was at least in middle school man come on this is 
Um, this is bad. I was just gonna say, I mean, it does suck that we're sitting here talking about nothing to lose and playing with house money because of where we were at, right? I mean, we're sitting yes. here, we're talking about Tuatamalo leading the league, we're talking about Tyreek Hill leading the league, we're talking about Raheem Mostert leading the league in touchdowns, but you know, now we're what the six, seven seed? I'm not even sure anymore because now we're playing the the Kansas City Chiefs on the road, but we have nothing to lose. Uh, we're playing with house money, and maybe that's a good thing for the Miami Dolphins. So, um, I mean, we have no choice, right? We have, we don't get a pick who the Dolphins are playing. We don't get a pick the weather. But I do think that, you know, how cold and miserable it's going to be um, is going to impact both teams. And I think, you know, Jake, you asked which team has more to lose or, or I guess, uh, less to lose. And I think it would be the Miami Dolphins, right? I mean, they're going out there with that mentality. You know, people are starting to come uh, through and realize, you know, they've lost X amount of guys. What, how many Pro Bowl caliber players? How many? No, they you know, literally lost X. Nice. So did all of us in reality. We're all losers of X yeah. at this point. That, that app's garbage. I mean, oh man, so sad. So sad what it's become. But we lost so many guys that, you know, now, I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? Everyone realizes that you're uh, fumbling into the playoffs, you know, you're just barely stumbling in. But when you get to the playoffs, it's an entirely new season. So I pray that a 34-year-old, you know, uh, Justin Houston, a 36-year-old Bruce Irvin, whoever it is, next man up, Someone finds a way and they can overcome this thing. I mean, Justin Houston, I joke, it's a revenge game for him. Emmanuel Agba, revenge game for him. I mean, um, Melvin the Dolphins Ingram, to, revenge game for yeah. him. At some point, something has to give and the Miami Dolphins have to win a playoff game. So um, I'm praying. I'm praying, guys. I mean, this is where we were at, right? I mean, it sucks we didn't win the division, but coming into this season, you just want to see this team, you know, ex- get better than they were last season and hopefully win a playoff game. And um, I feel like the offense and defense, you know, as, when we were healthy at least, improved and now here we are potentially playing a playoff game against again the defending Super Bowl champs I think looking at the offense if the Miami Dolphins want to start making plays it's going to be right breaking news the Dolphins have a lot of fast guys someone just breaks free everyone's moving super slow whether it's Tyree Kill Jalen Waddle hopefully he plays Raheem Mostert Devon Chain, hopefully if they play but Merrick looking at the defense I do think Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins are kind of the the dynamite right they're going to be ready to kind of blow something up we're just not entirely sure what who defensively do you think could spark that? Who's that one player we haven't really talked a lot about yet that you think, oh, they could maybe make a mess of something that could help the Dolphins kind of uh, push the tides a little bit? I'll give you a guy, and I, I mentioned him briefly earlier uh, in the episode. I think David Long Jr. is going to come out here, and he's going to play uh, one of the best games that he's played all season. I think he's really turned it on as of late. Uh, I think starting it – ironically a game that the Dolphins lost but I think starting in that that uh Titans game um which he had a little bit of extra juice in that one I I think I think he's really kind of turned it on really just kind of sunk his teeth into the Fangio system here and he's been shooting these gaps and making these tackles in the backfield and I think again if it's going to be as cold and as windy as they're predicting it to be I think it's going to come down to which team runs the ball better. And I think David Long Jr. is going to be able to to shoot these gaps, tackle Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield, and and limit what the Chiefs can do on the ground. I want to know if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to be able to stay patient and stick with the run game when – they're known for their high flying passing offense. Again, this year it's been a little bit different with, with the struggles at receiver and whatnot, but like Patrick Mahomes in a nationally, I don't want to say nationally televised game, but in a primetime game on Peacock late at night, only game on playoffs on the line, you know, he's been to the Super Bowl a number of times. Now he's going to want to want to turn it on and put on a show for America. 
is he going to be able to stay patient? And, and is Andy Reid going to be able to stay patient and just run the football? You know, we're not going to be throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice. Are we just going to be able to pound the rock and 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 do what you need to do to win a playoff game in conditions like this? And I just keep going back to stuff like that and thoughts like that. And that's where I feel like the Miami Dolphins are going to be able to to have a shot in this one. But I think as far as this defense goes, a guy that's going to be able to provide a spark outside of the usual suspects, outside of the Christian Wilkins and the Zach Sealer, outside of the Jalen Ramsey, you know, does Jalen Ramsey travel with Kelsey? Is that a thing that's going to happen? Who knows? Um, I think David Long Jr. is your guy. And I think he's a guy that you're going to have to keep an eye on. And I think he's a guy that that could really mess up the Chiefs game plan if you let him. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I've been wrong just about every time when I've sat here and said Jalen Ramsey should shadow someone, but I completely agree that, um, you know, if Travis Kelsey, you should shadow him with Travis Kelsey if you have to go about that. I wasn't going to say David Long Jr., but since you brought him up, I'm going to go with the guy who I think. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Javon Holland, the snowman, having two gimpy legs. We're talking about the Sean Elliott potentially being out. This is a Brandon Jones game. I mean, it's cold as it shit. Is. You need a guy that's come down in the box, be that thumper, you know, roam around a little bit. And um, with Javon Holland potentially banged out, with uh, Deshaun Elliott out, even with them, you know, in the lineup, I think this is a game where Brandon Jones can excel, come down in the box, be that extra linebacker, and really exceed, you know, excel in that position. 36 total tackles. One forced fumble, two interceptions, four um, pass breakups. We see him playing like uh, he just doesn't care whether you're on his team or the other, right? He's going out there <laughs> and hitting whatever's moving. So um, I think defensively, this is going to be that Brandon Jones game. But you mentioned David Long. You know, we're going to see Duke Riley out there. Um, there's a lot of guys that could be that one, but I think it's going to be Brandon Jones. What about it's you, Jake? Just, you got going? just remind Brandon Jones that we will be the guys in the white jersey. So he should empty the, the chamber. In the, it's in it's, the red. It jerseys. could be the last game of the year, man. Just go out there and do whatever you got to do, man. No friendly fire. You, you guys really think shadowing Travis Kelsey with with Jalen Ramsey? The I mean, I, I'd put him on Sheed Rice and not think twice. I, I think about there, when you there want is to put a, a. I was gonna say there is a clip of Travis Kelsey putting uh Jalen Ramsey in the shadow realm, but I think that is their you know top target. I did hear rumblings of them potentially shadowing him with there but yeah jake pick or choose really but like you think about like a you don't want to shadowing the top target I, I get that but i mean travis kelsey i don't think he's gonna beat you in one play right i think the way the dolphins have lost recently is that one play right punt returns a, a long touchdown to zay flowers i'm making the chiefs throw it to travis kelsey 45 times I'm making them go his direction because I'd rather that than the alternative of 
Rasheed Rice one play down the field for a touchdown, where I'd rather have Jalen Ramsey in that category. Obviously, you could instantly come back at me and say, well, Stephon Diggs torched him and Josh Allen just barely missed him last week. Good point. I got nothing for that one. Um, but, guys, I go back to that end of half uh, drive that the defense had to end last week. Like, everyone was so frustrated that the Dolphins were playing that, what it looked like, that Josh Boyer defense, that prevent defense with everyone in the end zone. But it worked. It goes back to what Merrick says. Don't worry about the process. Just get to the results. I think you let Travis Kelsey go bananas because I don't think the, the Chiefs, especially in that weather, prove me wrong. I don't know if it's really sustainable to do that for four quarters. Yeah, I guess, you know, to play devil's advocate here and counter that, if you put Jalen Ramsey on the most accomplished, accomplished pass catcher on the Chiefs and then you find yourself trusting a young, inexperienced player like Rashi Rice in that type of weather to make these maybe more difficult catches. You know, Patrick Mahomes got a rocket arm. He's going to be firing these balls in there, but it's going to be negative 25 degrees, and that's going to feel like somebody just threw a bowling ball at 100 miles per hour at your at your fingertips there. Like, can a young, inexperienced player like him, can he – make these types of plays in that type of weather. I don't know, but uh, either way, it's good to have Jalen Ramsey on one of those fellas, <laughs> you know, and now I'm going to knock on wood to, to keep him healthy. Hopefully at the very least, because how are Jaylen... apples in the cold? I don't think they're that cold apples, I don't frozen know. apples. I, I, I don't know, Jim. <laughs> I, I think I'd be apples. okay with, I, was say, I think I'd be okay with Eli Apple going against one of these younger receivers, but that's definitely going to come back to haunt me, right? But, Jake, you sat there and said you would be okay with him tra uh, targeting Travis Kelsey. I don't know if I felt that way, right? I mean, I feel like he could be that guy that could absolutely be that game-breaker. So, um, in previous games, we've seen what? Them go with a little bit of a Deshaun Elliott and Cater Kohu against those big slot tight ends? I mean, Deshaun Elliott's out of this one. I mean, it's not going to work. And Cater Kohu versus Travis Kelsey, you know, scares me to death. So, We'll see the way it works. I mean, we're sitting here saying, let's get Jalen Ramsey on Travis Kelsey. That's going to be the last thing they do. So I don't think that – I'm not very confident in that game plan, but um, I am confident that this game, whether it's the way the Dolphins match up, whether it's the way the weather – whether it's the way the weather uh, impacts this game, I think uh, the Dolphins have a true chance, and I feel that in all my bones. Merrick, before I get your preview, I, I read this on X and I wanted to get your guys' quick thoughts. Um, someone came out and said, I, I think it might have been like at NFL philosophy or something like that. Uh, summarized weather in one, one tweet basically saying playing in the heat is physically tough and playing in the cold is mentally tough. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, I, I live in Iowa and for the listeners out there that don't know much about Iowa weather, um, congrats you, you like you shouldn't like why would you know about iowa weather but but we get the worst of everything here so in the winter time we get negative temperatures and then with wind chill it's in the like i remember a couple years ago with like the polar vortex type thing we we were reaching like negative 50 real feel when you when you factored in wind chills i went outside i was like i gotta see what this feels like and then four seconds later i was like okay i'm good uh and you know tons of snow all that stuff but in the summertime we reach 100 degrees, 104 degrees with the insane amount of humidity uh, and have to deal with that as well. So we get the worst of, of every weather. And me personally, I would take a 100 degree day over a negative 10 degree day every single day of the week because I can, I can deal with that. If it's a physical thing, I can deal with that. Once it becomes mental, 
you you just you're not in control half the damn time. You're trying to figure this stuff out, and your brain is actively working against you. So uh, obviously, the Chiefs who they live in in Kansas City and the surrounding area. Uh, probably a lot of people living in Lee's Summit, which is like the rich suburb of Kansas City. Bet you got Patrick Mahomes got a big old mansion out there. Anyways, uh, they are not practicing out in the cold. It's not happening, but they are living in it, right? They're walking to and from the vehicle in that. They're walking their dog in that. Like you just, you you feel it. It feels different. The guys from Miami, not so much. And when you got a quarterback who was born and raised in Hawaii, he's certainly going to have no idea what negative 25 degrees with wind chill feels like. That's going to be, that's going to be tough. That's going to be mentally tough, which again, is another reason why you should just run the damn football. Just run the ball over and over and over again with three different backs and 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 let the chips fall where they may. But uh, I, I fully agree with whoever said that, that playing in the cold is more of a mental thing than a physical thing. I personally liked playing football in the cold, though, because of that. I wasn't the fastest guy or the biggest guy or the strongest guy, but I felt like I could I could channel – Something and you could tell when others brain. were cold. I bet you could, yeah. you could. You could see the little kids shivering at the end. That you could kind of bully a little bit. Uh, yeah, it hurts them when you hit them, and that always makes you feel good. Yeah, that that was a, definitely a bully statement. But uh, now that I'm old, now that I'm 37 years old, I don't like being cold at all. I hate it. Yeah, I, I absolutely despise. It. I told both you guys. I worked in a kitchen. We would get literally a five thousand dollar order in on Thursdays. Um, we'd be short staffed, and I'd have to go in on my break and put all this stuff away. And within ten minutes, my fingers would feel white and numb. So it's absolutely a mental thing. Because I would go in there and I'd punch boxes. I'd be so angry that I had to go in there because <laughs> my hands were numb. So um, I'm intrigued to see the way it is. And you know, hopefully, the Dolphins pack some of those heaters. Right? Wasn't it a a few years ago they played the uh, I think it was the Los Angeles Chargers and it was slightly um, slightly colder than you know what they were nor- used to and everyone was trashing the Dolphins because they had these heaters on the sideline. It turned out that the Chargers also had them on their sideline and that's the only reason they had them. So um, cold game, run the football, find a way, and um, I absolutely think it's a mental thing. And hopefully the Dolphins are mentally tough, right? I mean they got the right guys in there. Um, they have nothing to lose at this point. Go to Arrowhead, find a way, and. Um, we'll be back here still doing a podcast next week. As a former fat kid who pumped gas, I don't know. I, I do not have a degree in the allergies, but I will say this. Um, I do think as long as there's no wind involved, once you get to like 10 degrees and below, it's all it's all the same. I, I, I know people are going to come out and say, well, actually, I disagree. I complete. You're probably right, but I'm gonna, just going to throw out there that for the sake of this game, just going off and on, get to about 10 and anything lower than that, I probably gonna be pretty much all the same it's, it is supposed to be windy though 25 hey, mile per hour wind gusts. <laughs> yeah, they did say that's what i was kind of looking at that too i'm like all right zero degrees as long as it's not windy it's gonna be cold but they'll have adrenaline pumping through and then i saw negative 25 with 25 mile per hour winds i was like oh yeah that's awful that's so bad paid that's so th- bad this is gonna be didn't um uh, Mac Jones won a game by throwing the ball like two or three times. I mean, that's what we that's need true. in this one, right? Two of them going out there. He'll be like uh, three of three for like 180 yards and two touchdowns, and um, we'll have success running the ball. I'm just going to keep speaking all this crazy Homer stuff into existence because we don't have this opportunity that often. But the Dolphins made this bet, right? Like right before the Bills game, it came out that the other game, the two seed, you're playing at one o'clock on Sunday. The Dolphins could be playing in that Miami Sun right now. Mm-hmm. That just kind of goes to show. Um, Damn Titans. Damn Titans. 
But Merrick, before we take off here, I, I do got to get your uh, preview for this upcoming game. If you think this is going to be our last uh, in-season get-together. <sighs> I've gone back and forth. If you would have asked me directly following that game on Sunday, I would have been like, no, nope, we're getting blown out. We're, we're screwed. We're, we're done. I, I like these additions of these edge rushers. It's, they're, they're sneaky, nice additions. And as long as you keep their responsibilities light and you're not asking them to get into all the nuances of a Vic Fangio defense and all you're saying is get out there and bring Patrick Mahomes down, right? Because he likes to scramble around and make plays and extend play. Just, just find him like Jerome Baker did a few years ago and tackle him for like a 35-yard sack, a 35-yard loss on the sack. Just do that and you'll be all right. Um, I've kind of talked myself into thinking that there is a path and it, and I think the weather actually is going to help them. And I know that sounds weird and that sounds crazy. And there, it's a team from Miami and a quarterback from Hawaii who played his college ball in Alabama. And yeah, I get all that, but I think it's going to force Mike McDaniel to stick with the run for an entire game. And if you get Raheem Mostert back and pair him up with A-Chan and Jeff Wilson, I just think we have a better running game than, than the Chiefs do. And I think that in those conditions, it's going to be difficult to pass the ball and the Dolphins are going to be the ones that stick with the run finally. And the Chiefs are going to try and get a little crazy with things because they got Patty Mahomes. So I will take the Dolphins in this one and I will take them in a low scoring affair. And I will say the final score is 13 to 10. Miami Dolphins. Buy it. I'm in. Josh, how's that sound to you? I, I, I yeah, I mean, I don't care how they win. Like I said, I mean, I, I do think that the weather could help them. I think with the way the injuries have played out. So, yeah, man, 13-10. Baby's excited. Everyone in the house family's excited. They haven't seen a – well, I guess they haven't seen a playoff game since last season. But, yeah, man. That is it. That is all the time we have today on another Dolphins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with our game previews. When I come back, fins up. Fins up, baby. Fins up. Fins up.